You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Thursday, you know what that means. It's episode 90 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host. Sal is here. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? I'm good. I'm tired. Everybody's tired, man. You just gotta My fight days. through that shit. My day sucks. My day was long. It started at 7 o'clock this morning. Oh, my God. And it went right up until the fucking show, until we started recording. So, and tomorrow's not looking much better. I, uh, did not have a great route today. Oh, yeah? Was it hot? It's hot as shit. Yep. I had, the, I had the air conditioning in the van cranked all day. Problem is, I had to keep getting out of the goddamn van. Um, yeah, I was I was like square in like the middle of downtown Manchester. It fucking sucked. Ooh, that sucked. sounds like annoying. <laughs> it was very much so. And I and I I didn't have a dolly in my van, so I had like an apartment building where it was like deliver eleven packages. I'm like, all right, we're carrying these like the fucking Keystone cops. <laughs> no, are you serious? I made it, I made it work. It was a new van. They hadn't put a dolly in it yet. I don't think they knew there wasn't a dolly in it when they sent me out. Um, I good on well. you. I would have been like, I guess I'm doing six trips up and down <laughs> these stairs. No, I'm like, I'm not doing fucking more than one trip for this goddamn apartment building. But what if you broke someone's pack? What if you broke someone's package? I didn't. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. Hey, yeah, it's on my fucking package. <laughs> I don't give a shit. That's why Sal doesn't do isn't a delivery driver. Sal be drop kicking the packages on the porch. So it's the guy who picked up eleven packages because he didn't want to make two trips. I didn't drop them. <laughs> that we know of. You could be leaving that part out. Fucking people in the wrestling business do that all the time. They just tell part of the story. Virgil created the NWO. That's <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good story. Tito Santana was supposed to be world champ. You know. <sighs> Where are we? Yeah. What? Where are we? Our basement? We are live to the world. 
at Effect. We are uh, still fundraising throughout the month of July for the Alzheimer's Association. Um, yeah. Sal, I'll send you the Tiltify link. You can put it in the episode description if people want to donate that way. Just click on the on the link in the episode description and uh, donate to my Tiltify. We're currently sitting at $234.20 out of my uh, seemingly overly optimistic goal of $1,000. Uh, I thought, I have a whole month. I can make $1,000 in a month. Anyway, it comes in spurts, though. You know that. I'm not bitter about it. Yeah, all month long, raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. Also, uh, I did donate already. Yeah. You said you should Most... donate. <laughs> I don't think I did. Okay. No, if, I, if, I, if I did, it was the royal you, which is... Ah, uh, gotcha. I wasn't gotcha, speaking gotcha. to you specifically. I was like, I already I said, did I think that. I, said, <laughs> I think I said, if you want to donate. I was like, and I never anyway. donate for anything because I'm broke. Oh, and... speaking of being broke and not being broke anymore. Um, Matt Hardy? I oh, did, wait, no. I did not, have a little bit of a decent day because I got my child tax credit, which, yeah. as you know, is triple yours the amount gonna, of yours. <laughs> I was going to say, yours was chunky. Yeah. It was that chunky salsa. <laughs> Mine was not so chunky. It's okay. I only have one, I only have one kid, so... Exactly. It makes up for you year-round. Uh, but yeah, that was nice. That was nice to get that. And if we get that every month on the 15th, then um, I'm going to be in a much better mood when we record on the 15th. Right. Yeah, no shit. Thanks, Obama. Um, sorry. I don't know what that means. Anywho. Anywho. This week... We had a very interesting situation. Um, remember how last week I said I was going to watch AEW Dark Elevation? I was going to try to make sure I watched it because things were supposed to start happening now that we're back to live crowds. You didn't, did you? No, I didn't. And then, well, not only did I not watch it, but like on Monday... Not only did I not watch it, I specifically <laughs> told other people also not to watch it. Well, it's because fucking uh, somebody in our host thread was like, oh my god, so-and-so almost fucking died on Dark Elevation. And I was like, right, well, you know what? No. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember what that yeah. was? I forget. Yeah. I, I should have wrote it down. It was two different matches. I should have wrote it down. Two different I, women's matches. I am going to get screamed at later. Like Yuka Sakazaki fucked someone up. Okay, and, what did she do specifically? Uh, um, do we remember? Do we remember? Make me go back in my first thread. time in December. That's not... That's stop. <laughs> A lot more masks Just in Texas. Stop. That's. I mean, that's true. I, I didn't... I don't know. I didn't see any masks. Maybe he had it on the wrong channel. <laughs> Not the people okay. I saw in the crowd. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, that was Thursday. Oh, man, this is like way back. This pictures is... No, I'm not going to say what there's pictures of. Never mind. <laughs> That's for our rundown listener uh, elite account. That's <laughs> not even... No, you didn't find anything? Okay. No, I'm looking at Snapchat, waiting for your ass. 
Oh my god, I'm not looking for it. Let's let's move on. <laughs> Did you watch Dark Elevation? No. Oh, Why here we I go. Check myself to that. Uh, Kylan King tried to murder Yuka Sakazaki last night. Um, Amber Nova may have been concussed by Rio. Yes, so there were two things. Uh, referee stopped counting and lifted her fucking shoulder up. What the fuck? Botch fest and dropped her on the corner of the ring. Oh, yes, I saw the corner of the ring one. That was really fucked up because it looked like, like, it just, her head just smashed into the corner. Dude, it was bad. It was like, how did you not break your neck on that spot? Um, yeah, so Dark um, Elevation, one week after we said, maybe we'll stop being good. Um, no, apparently it, it almost killed people. So uh, <laughs> we're still going to wait on that. Um, and if it does get better, we'll let you know. surprising that they were both women's matches, considering that AEW has the best women's division in the world. I think everybody's saying that about their company now. That's like <laughs> the new... <laughs> I heard this was the best women's division in the world. <laughs> Speaking of which, you do another show here on the network. What What were you attempting? Just Shut up. Like? You do another <laughs> show here on the network, and it's called Spot of NXT. And yeah. I heard from you that a former AEW wrestler made her in-ring debut this week. No, there was never anybody named Blair Davenport in AEW. No, but what was her name in AEW? <laughs> it was B Priestley. Okay, don't even ask me a question. Don't let me answer you, prick. You were laughing and giggling. Uh, <laughs> so, what'd you think? It was good. I said it was good. Yeah, but um, except for that, except for that fucking double foot stomp. Does she look like a like they're making her into a star? Or is she, like, very low on the totem pole? This is, like, two minutes, and we're going to talk about everything else during it. I'm sorry, the totem what? Totem pole. <laughs> okay. The totem pale? No, it's not. Okay. Um, they, they gave her vignettes for, like, three weeks, Sal. This, all right. This, this also, isn't a fucking Dan Matha situation. Miko Satamora, right? Mako, yeah. Mako. Is she a... It, I, I can't tell by your tone. Is she like a big deal? Is she being received like a big deal? Is is her win over Kaylee Ray is one of the most amazing moments in NXT UK history? You're you're legitimately asking me if the NXT UK women's champion is being booked like a big deal. Yeah, because Kaylee Ray had the bell forever. So I have never actually seen a Mako Satamora match. I literally don't know how to answer that. That is, a, that is an exceptionally dumb question. Why is it a dumb <laughs> fucking question? Is uh, the is the no. NXT UK Women's Champion a big deal? No, 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 That's no, what you're no. Asking. Don't twist what I said. That's what you said. I said, are they making her? But you can tell when they're making someone a big deal. Like, for example, when Drew McIntyre had the title, they mentioned that about 65 times a show. They showed you three videos of Drew every two minutes, and they they literally shoved Drew down your throat. However, when other people had the title, this is what I'm saying. I'm just saying, are they trying to make Mako Satomura like the next thing that everybody talks about in NXT UK? 
She's the current thing that everyone talks about. Okay. And she's going to kick the shit out of them all whenever that match happens. But anyways. Oh, in real world, one more question about NXT UK, because I never get to talk to you about it. Um, why don't they just have... <laughs> you could. You have my number. <laughs> why don't they just have um, a bullshit match between Dragunov and and uh, Walter and have Dragunov beat him in like three seconds just to get the belt off of because you heard that that Walter is hurt. So instead of giving Dragon off the belt, we're just going to have Walter keep it while he's out for the next nine months. Seems that way. That's awful. They're not going to actually do that. Do you think they'd vacate it? I don't know. We'll find out next week. Hmm. We were supposed to have Dragonoff's crowning moment. I know. All right. Enough bitching about that company. It's the wrong show. It's true. I should guest host with you, but you post the episode at like six o'clock at night on a Thursday sometime. So <laughs> only, only when I record it on the right day and completely forget to post it because I have ADD. Ah. Anyway, people don't. Totally, I recorded it and then I was like one o'clock. I'm like, oh, I got a stream, and then I just completely <laughs> forgot to fucking post the episode. <laughs> Oops. Because I didn't text you and say, remind me to post this if I haven't posted it by seven o'clock. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like I did two weeks ago. Because right. I remembered on that day. Anyway. Anyways, we have a lot to talk about tonight. We do. Um, I was going to boycott this episode of BTE, man. As soon as I read the title. Yeah. BTE, episode 264, entitled... BTE is so much better without Dark Order. Fuck your face. They did show up on Sammy's vlog, by the way. Did they? Sammy's, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Now I gotta go back and watch Sammy's vlog. KT says from the WWE are going. Walter Walter slapped his hand completely off. Whoa! <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> All right. Um, so this week we get a cold open. Yes. And we begin with a montage of the Young Bucks arriving in Miami for the Road Rager episode. With the classic BTE montage music. Mm-hmm. Never say die. Never say die. I don't know the words. Except, except not with the lyrics. <laughs> it was just the do 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 do. Um. So, okay, I'm already annoyed because they it's like mm, this is better because Doug is not on it. I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Um, and then they lie and say viewership's going to go up because uh, the Dark Order's not on there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Viewership going up for BTE. Uh, Nick says now that they're heels, they can show their true feelings and they can make fun of the marks and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then he says he hates doing BTE. And he's like, why do we still do it? Good question. Stop. <laughs> Stop at any time. I'd rather... At this point, I, I, I'll welcome watching Sammy's vlog. So, go ahead. Just fucking stop. If you don't want to do it, we don't want to see you. So, even if you do want to yeah, do I'll it, I, we don't want to see you. So, All I, uh, all I got from this uh, cold open was, we took a job where we have to travel for a living. Well, <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah, they sound like fucking little bitches. God damn it. All right. Intro video, no one cares. Uh, the Bucks and Cutler head out to the mall. Ugh. 
they have to go pick up some outfits and shoes and other stuff for their street fight. Oh my god, shoes. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty much it. And um it just leads to a bunch of now we get the lyrics of the song, and it just leads to a bunch of shopping. And them and, and Nick pointing at his shoe at the in the store that's also on on display. He's like, Look, look at the shoe I'm wearing. Dude, they're like frat boys. Like rich fucking frat boys. Did you ever watch Kroll Show? What was it called? Kroll Show? Mm-mm. Nick Kroll's sketch show? I, I've there heard of it. I never watched it. There, there was a, a, a bit on there, a recurring bit on there called Rich Dicks. <sighs> That's, That's what I thought guys. of when you said that. That's these guys. And it's so, like... <laughs> Speaking yeah. of which... Um, Ryan Nemeth is mm-hmm. next. Okay, there was a lot of me stopping while I was watching this episode going, what the fuck do I type for that? Yeah. So, Ryan Nemeth is in a weird, dark room with a fucking actual typewriter. With his hair combed over. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> his, he's got a fucking terrible weird look. And then... There's like a package at his door. Yeah, some, some, yeah. It's full of cream, like churned butter cream, like. <laughs> and then he yeah, calls somebody everybody. Pa- somebody creamed in his package on his door. So then he calls a bunch of people and asks them if they sent the package, and they're like, "No." And I think there was a joke in there somewhere that he called his brother, and his brother was like, "Fuck off." <laughs> But I didn't really pay attention. I, I didn't see it. It didn't say, like, Nick Nemeth or anything. But, you know. Um, <laughs> Voice of Durf Zogler. <laughs> um, but then he's like, oh, why let it go to waste? And he drinks it, and then it just devolves he, into, like, w- Willy Wonka in the, can- in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> he... He creams all over his own face. Yeah. Uh, in in forward, in in reverse, uh, repeatedly. Um. While while having some sort of episode, demonic possession. I think you're trying to say. Uh. If, um. What did he type? What did he type? He typed Michelle. And he typed cream. Uh, technically, he typed Michelle, 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 Michelle. Yeah. Um, so cream, 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 cream. He's creaming his pants because Michelle McCool is coming to AEW. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michelle's dead. <laughs> Dude, I, what he said. This is some weird ass fucking shit, even for BTE. This reminded yeah, me. Remember when Luchasaurus fought the snake in like PO Day World? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, bam! Yeah, that's what yeah. this reminded me of. Um, but I didn't expect that from Ryan Emmeth. Shame on you, Ryan. Shame on you. That should have been a it, Matt Seidel segment. <laughs> here's the thing. We we talk shit about Ryan Emmeth being on this show because all he's done thus far was fucking Hollywood hunk trivia. Yeah. This was something... It was weird. It was weird as fuck. And it was confusing, <laughs> but it was different. That's true. All right. So I don't think I hate it. 
No, I just don't I, know. I just don't know what the fuck it is. Yes, I didn't. It's like some. It's like an independent movie. Yeah, and we're never gonna understand it. Yes, there it is. You nailed it. Um, nailed it. <laughs> KT says he scoops cream out of a box. It was a bag, and smears it all over his face. They're really angling for that Pornhub money. <laughs> um, no, you are you are correct. I definitely didn't I also hate enjoy it. The- I also enjoy that Automod held that not just for Pornhub but also for Box. Box. Um, no, I I didn't hate it like I hate Hollywood hunk yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like yeah. you said I just had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah, no, it's and I was like, was I supposed to? Like, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know that they might be Giants' song experimental film? Yes, that's what was running through my head during this. <laughs> uh, then it's time for our favorite segment. <laughs> Uh, it's Confessions with Ryzen again. And this time it's Leva Bates. Um, Leva's confession is that she fucking hates Peter Avalon and she needs Peter Avalon to go fuck himself and leave her alone. No, no, that's what it should have been. Instead, her confession is that she hates the Dewey Decimal System. Because modern day librarians don't use it anymore. Something like that. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. She also said she hates being quiet. She'd rather be loud. And she starts uh, yelling. Yeah. And then Vicky and Nyla give her a thumbs down. Who fucking cares? This is dumb. And I hate it. Fuego Da Soul comes up there and he says something to Ryzen, but he whispers it so we can't hear it. Um, And Ryzen calls him a sick fuck. Like the sickest fuck he's ever heard in his life. <laughs> Serpentico, though, Serpentico is gay rights. Did you what? see that mask? It's very rainbow. Oh. Yes. Not at all. <laughs> it was rainbow. No, I didn't see it. That's the point. I was just like, all right, with this fucking confession. Yeah. Um. Okay. Then comes my favorite segment of the week. This is what I, this is the one I text you that I'm ashamed that I laughed at this segment. Uh, Kenny Omega walks into the Bucks dressing room and he's pumped up for tonight's show. Of course, this was last week, uh, but he's very upset because he's he's very excited for Roadhead. Yes, Would but of course, but he's he's a little mad because when he walks in, he notices that everybody has shaved off their mustaches except for him. And he is very upset about it because and he goes on this huge tirade that was so like over the top. It was possibly the, it, it reminded me of sketch comedy. It was like one of the funniest things I had ever seen in a long, long fucking time. Um, he just starts like screaming that fucking, uh, he didn't get the email that, that they were allowed. To change their facial hair, but but he got an e- but he sent out an email, and oh, everybody was on out it. An email. And nobody's allowed. Because I would have sent out an email. <laughs> and nobody's allowed to make any changes to their appearance without running it by him, Kenny Omega. <laughs> and he just like I don't know if it was a rip on Vince, but it was. <laughs> um. Oh my God, he just he just completely goes nuts. What'd you think? It, it was uh, interesting. It was kind. Of, it was funny because it was so. It reminded so, me of Seth Rollins. Yeah. 
It was a little power trippy. Yeah, but that was the point. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. tongue-in-cheek Matt, power trippy. Matt, bl- Matt blames it on his wife. Nick blames it on his kid. <laughs> he asks Nakazawa, and the Bucks are like, oh, Cutler told him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, this next segment fucking kill me. Uh, Peter Avalon and Leva Bass do a telenovela-like scene. What? It's, it's It's dubbed over in Spanish, and it's yeah. just... What was this? Uh, I mean, if you want the gist of it, he tries to apologize, she appreciates it, but has to leave for work. He walks off just so he can hit the line. She walks off just so he can hit the line. Oh, Dios míos. Like the Spanish bee guy in The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, Dios míos. And you call yourself a Mexican. I don't, though. But you you frequently do, and so does Jason. And so does Troy. So there's that. Um, okay. Kenny and Matt are in the bathroom. I, Dios mío. I, Dios mío. Oh, Dios meals. <laughs> That's what Peter said. Just going by what Peter said. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, then Kenny and Matt are in the bathroom. <laughs> Just going to stop that sentence there. Uh, Kenny says that the Bucks shaved their mustaches. He might as well do it, too. Uh, but he's called for TV, and he has to go. So he can't shave it. Cool. Who was doing the terrible JR impression? I was going to say that was supposed to be good old Jim yeah. Ross. Yeah. But uh, whoever was doing that impression, uh, maybe, you know, it had to be Frankie. I was thinking about it. It was probably Kazarian. Because <laughs> he kind of sounded like that weird character that Frankie was playing for a while. Remember when Matt Hardy, like, fucked him up? Broken Matt Hardy? <laughs> God, yeah. Goddamn fuck shit. Yeah, that's who it kind of sounded like. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Then we cut to later with the Bucks driving home after Dynamite. And guess what? Guess what, dude? Guess what? They bitch. They bitch and they complain that their back is fucked up and Matt's neck is fucked up. And Matt's neck probably got more fucked up after the Canadian destroyed through the fucking table last week. Wow. You know what? They should quit. <laughs> And then Cutler's all like, oh, oh, my back's fucked up. And they're like, you didn't do anything. You weren't even the match. And then oh, they... sorry. Going back one step, because I forgot this note that I wrote. At the end, after Kenny leaves, mm-hmm. and Matt Matt Jackson just goes all sexy into the camera, didn't need that. Didn't need that at all. <laughs> didn't need that at all. Sorry. 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 Nick uh, tells, have you, did we skip past the story about the thumbtack? No, we're right here. Are you going to get to that? Okay. No, go ahead, please. Enlighten the audience. (laughs) So Nick, Nick tells a story about how he, they, he, they made Brandon Cutler go get them food because they didn't want to deal with the Mizarks in the lobby. Uh, And he went up to Matt's room and his leg hurt. And then he noticed he was bleeding because he still had a fucking thumbtack stuck in his leg. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said it was from the Hurricane Rana. And they show the Hurricane Rana. Yep. Nick didn't land in the thumbtacks on the Hurricane Rana. No. Penta did. But there might have been thumbtacks over there. I mean, they did pour them on the mat. Like, 
Shit gets bounced around and kicked around. Just saying. Also, he said that he showered and didn't see it in his fucking leg, which is gross, which means you didn't really shower, dude. Yeah, it's like, I took a real good shower, huh? Idiot. Um, oh, yeah. And then they finish with this, which was probably the funniest part of the entire episode, but for the wrong reason. Um... They're about to sign off and end the episode, and I guess the ratings come in. And Nick's like, oh, we probably had a million viewers. Oh, we probably doubled our viewership. Blah, 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 blah. I laughed out loud. And Matt goes, "Uh, we were down 7%, to which Nick says, oops. And they cut. (laughs) He goes, oops, and they cut. Like, like hard cut. Hard cut to the outro. That was the best part of the whole fucking episode. Hard cut on oops. I fucking died laughing at that. Uh, but they also talk about how how maybe they just won't do a BTE next week because they might not feel like it. And I'm like, that's fine. Don't. Fuck the bell and stop doing podcasts because they just don't feel like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be a trend in the business these days. Brian Alvarez stops trying because he just didn't feel like it. I mean, fuck. Why, why try at all? fuck. <laughs> Speaking of trying, so, hello Astro, welcome to the chat. What's up, Astro? Uh, did they do the thumbtack thing again? No, they, 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 this was talking about last. This was BTE talking about last week's episode. Uh, she also says, "Oh, JFC for real. How did you not feel it, let alone see it?" Exactly. Yeah. So all, yeah, exactly. yeah that's the other thing too. All these stories are probably bullshit, especially Nick Jack. I mean, to be fair, I can't see shit when I take a shower because I have to take my glasses off, and I'm blind as fuck without my glasses. But. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking thumbtack in your leg. I say your leg would probably hurt, and you could see that you're bleeding, right? I mean, I'm just saying. <clears throat> Any hoozles. Anyway, uh, BCE sucked, and now I feel like I have to go watch the Sammy's vlog episode to get my weekly uh, serotonin from the Dark Order. Yep, same. But uh, the Sammy's vlog, I was gonna, I was <clears throat> gonna watch it for this and be just to at least report on that, but it was like 21 minutes long. I was like, I don't got time. <laughs> well, that's too long. <laughs> it's true. It, it is. It is when it's already nine fifteen. <laughs> yeah, but not only that, it is true though. I don't have the attention span for twenty one minutes of, of a YouTube video. Even Botchamania like pushes me to that limit, but usually they keep it around <laughs> like seventeen, eighteen minutes. Yeah. Okay, it should be fifteen minutes of done. If you, if it's longer than fifteen minutes, I ain't watching you on YouTube. I'm sorry. Taking too fucking long. Get to the point. Let's run down the top ten AEW wrestlers. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to shout that podcast or that network, because they fucking suck. Um, But you're familiar with them. They're over on the other side of the pond. I don't know what you're talking about. Dina Mite, episode 94, go still go. Fighter Fest Night 1. We open Fighter Fest Night 1 live from Austin, Texas. A ton of pyro and fans chanting, AEW, AEW. They, they weren't in Austin. What do you mean they weren't in Austin? That's what they, they said. Were, they said Austin, Texas. They were at the HEB Center in Cedar Park, Texas. Is that like Cambridge to might Boston? Be a suburb. Might be a suburb. How close are we talking? Five miles outside the city limit? Anything within five miles counts. That's why I claim I'm from Boston. It's because, yeah, go justify your own bullshit. Um, anyway, 
How many fans, you ask, are chanting AEW? Well, see, it's kind of hard to tell because although the place looks packed, I got to say the shot is pretty tight. It's pretty. It looks like a Ring of Honor shot where it's like just the ring and like this little bit of crowd. Twenty. Uh, Google. I just did Cedar Park, Texas to Austin, Texas, in Google Maps. So wherever it wherever it drops those dots. Yeah. Uh, it's a twenty-three minute drive. Uh, twenty point two miles. That's nothing for Texas, though. You can drive for six hours in Texas and not be in like Houston from Dallas. <laughs> just saying. But it's actually, hey, it's closer. It's, it's closer than Foxborough is to Boston. And when I watch Monday Night Football and the Patriots are playing, they constantly say, uh, from Boston, Massachusetts. What's well, his football stupid? Hmm. <laughs> or no, they don't anyway. actually say from Boston, but they show the skyline of Boston and they're like, we're right outside of Boston. <laughs> I love that. I love <sighs> that. Idiots. Um, okay. So, I was gonna say so. Oh yeah. Oh, the the the, the capacity. We talked about this uh, via text last night um, because it looked like there were tarped off sections, but then it turned out that there weren't tarped off sections. There just wasn't an upper section to the arena. Right. Uh, for for hockey, the the max capacity for hockey, I think we said is about sixty eight hundred and change, sixty eight seventy or something like that. So with the extra seats. With the, with the extra room and the extra floor seats for wrestling, you'd estimate they're probably maybe a max of like seventy one hundred ish. Yeah, is is where we're at for this. So if they truly truly sold it out, but they cut first of all, they cut off a, a quarter of that with their entranceway, which is what True. they did in, in in UMass Boston. Is I'm not sure that UMass, is BU that is, as well. That is a good call. That is a good call. You're cutting off at least three, four sections of the, right. the seating areas. But even still, I think, what did we hear? 4,500 is, is what they got in there? Let me see if it's up on cage match, because it wasn't last night. I mean, look, that's not bad, but it's nowhere near, like, even when when they um, when they go to Chicago, it's 10,000. 10,000 in that, in that little venue, which is, which is cool. But, you know, your first show back outside of Florida, and, you know, it's 4,500. I mean, fucking 4,500, really. I mean, there's probably some indie shows drawing, like, a couple thousand themselves. <laughs> uh, Cage Match doesn't have a, uh, a capacity. Eh. It's too too fresh for that information, I suppose. But yeah, they're trying anyways. to fudge the numbers behind, the, behind people's backs. Yep. <laughs> 20,000 screaming fans! <laughs> 93,000 fans packed the HEB Center. All right. We open with IWGP United States Championship. John Moxley versus the machine gun Carl Anderson. Bow, 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 Mox storms out. And the crowd cheers. Sadly, he comes out to Wild Thing. And some sort of new buzz cut. Because <laughs> he shaved his head, you see. Uh, that really big, shows shows off his abysmal hairline. The big to-do last week. That John Moxley shaved his head and everybody was like, Oh, no, he didn't. It's just it's, it's a still shot from a video. He took his hat off for like a second. You can't even tell. No, look at him. He shaved his fucking head. 
Did you that see his fucking his crazy ass receding hairline? Wow. Holy shit! Why would you do that I to am, yourself? Uh, I, I will not talk shit about a hairline. Yeah, but big that shit. I, I, whatever. I I used to have a hairline. <laughs> used to. Yeah, John Moxley's headed there. I still <laughs> I still have a hairline. It's just way down here now. <laughs> uh, okay. Also, Eddie Kingston is accompanying Mox tonight. Why? Well, because we know that Big LG is accompanying the machine gun himself. Speaking of which, good brothers make their way out to the ring, and Excalibur makes sure to tell us that it was the machine gun Carl Anderson that founded the Bullet Club. Just in case you people didn't know, this guy's a big deal. Just in case you weren't listening last week when Carl Anderson told us that himself. And then he drops fucking Finn Balor's name, and as well as Tom Tonga and uh, Bad Luck Falay. Fergal? Prince. Prince. In Japan, it's Prince Devitt, not Fergal. Fergal Devitt? Not exactly. Anyway. Uh, JR tells us that Anderson broke into the business with Moxley about 20 fucking years ago. Uh, Before the match even starts, Kingston attacks Gallows with a lead pipe. Get him the fuck out of there. Uh, well, they do. They brawl outside, and um, I, I guess they fuck off for now, because they go out into the crowd, and we don't see them anymore. Nope. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. Less Luke Gallows on my TV than <laughs> Excalibur tells us this title match will be contested under New Japan rules, meaning a 60-minute time. <laughs> you can't see. We can't even say it with a straight face. I can't. Bullshit. The 60-minute time limit. Uh, oh, and, and, a, and a 20 count. Dude, IEW referees so, don't know how to count. <laughs> so, if this is an IWGP title match uh-huh. being contested under IWGP rules, mm-hmm. why is Paul Turner the referee? Ah, that's a very good question. Paul Paul Turner, who almost forgets to hold the belt up for the camera. <laughs> That's a very good question. You know what? We should contest all of these matches that John Moxley defends the belt uh, um, on on Dynamite with because I don't see red shoes in there. Some people get KT, that. Right. <laughs> KT says there's a lot of debate on who could uh, be considered the the goat of wrestling. However, between Mox cutting off his hair and the elite all rocking the same Mo's mustaches, no one has an entire opposing company sucking his dick as hard as Triple H. <laughs> so I've been saying about Kenny for two weeks now. He's he's rocking that O three fucking Lemmy H bullshit on his face. But he stole it from fucking Lemmy because Lemmy did his theme song. Right. Ugh. Lemmy's like, why is this guy cut his mustache like me? Sorry. Sorry. I, I can't you. help. It. I love when you do voices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Okay, back in the ring, Moxley charges at Anderson, but Anderson gets the boot up. Uh, they mouth off to each other before exchanging forearms. They continue to exchange forearms for like five minutes. Those those forearm shots, those elbow shots, those were sh- so sharp and so stiff that Carl Anderson's head isn't moving at all. Yeah, neither is Mox. <sighs> I've seen that spot once look really good. And it was Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn in Nakamura's that makes, first. That makes sense. First match in the U.S. When, that makes sense. And that, and then ever since then, every time I've seen it, it's been shit. 
Um, Moxley begins to get the upper hand, so Anderson tries to slow things down with the European uppercut that staggers Mox. Anderson backs Mox into the corner and chops him repeatedly, but Mox no-sells it. Uh, They go head-to-head, and even though Anderson continues to hit Mox, Mox continues to no-sell it. What am I watching this shit for? Uh, He demands Anderson hit him harder. Mox drops Anderson with a headbutt. But Anderson gets right back up, so Mox clotheslines him over the top rope to the floor. Uh, Moxley follows Anderson to the outside and throws him into the barricade. They fight to the ramp, where Mox tries a suplex, but Anderson blocks it, reverses it, and suplexes Moxley onto the steel ramp. Is the guy counting the 20? I can't hear him. Okay, let work. Throw that block down, twist it, and reverse it. How my brain works. They continue to brawl outside when Mox bites Carl Anderson's nose. You know, there's a lot of biting on this show tonight. Maybe a little too much. Just throwing it out there. So you're saying to, to quote Eric Bischoff from a certain... Uh, from, is it Bischoff? Yeah, from a certain episode of Nitro. There's bites! Yeah, pretty much. Uh, where was I? Lost my fucking place. Okay. He tosses Anderson back in the ring, but when he tries to get back in himself, Anderson hits a, a running single leg dropkick. That sends Mox crashing to the floor. Mox gets back in the ring, but Anderson catches him coming in, and the brawl continues. Mox goes off the ropes. Anderson channels Arn Anderson and delivers a bone-crushing spine buster to Moxley. Anderson covers, but this only gets a two count. Kyle goes to the top, but Mox meets him up there. Mox then rakes his back like he's Killer Khan in 76. Is those deep cuts. And then once again bites the bridge of the nose of Anderson's nose. You know what I meant. Mox hits a superplex, but doesn't go for the cover. Both men struggle to get to their feet. Mox charges at Anderson, but Anderson gets a boot up, so Mox responds with a released German suplex. Nobody sells anything. Anderson retaliates with another single-leg dropkick. Mox shrugs it off and lays out Anderson with a clothesline. <sighs> I, I don't mind the athleticism in this match, but no one is selling anything, and it's pissing me off. It's Japan. Mox calls for the Death Rider, because it's Japan. But Anderson escapes. Anderson goes for the gun stun, which is a stupid name. But Mox blocks it and shoots him off the ropes. Stupid name. They double I thought, close. I, thought, I heard it and I was like, did they screw that? Did, they, nope. did somebody screw that up? No, it's a dumb name. No, it's a fucking dumb name. Um they double close out they double clothesline each other down and then immediately get up and do it again. This time they decide to sell this and both men stay down. When they finally get to their feet, Mox locks in a sleeper. Uh, I say locks in, but Anderson escapes in like three seconds. They go back and forth until Anderson almost cripples Mox with a sudden Michinoka driver. What the fuck? Did he lose him in midair? I call it a, I said it was a tombstone, but yeah. Dude, he that like... Was, he, he, that tombstone was ugly. I he, feel like JR was having flashbacks. <laughs> he brought him up and then I thought, I think he lost him because all of a sudden Mox landed like neck first. Well, he 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 picked him up and they kind of and kind of stumbled with him. Yeah, and was like, "Fuck it, we're going for it." 
Anderson covers, yeah, but only gets that two was, count. That was disgusting. Yeah. Like I said, I think I think JR was having flashbacks. Most likely. Uh, Anderson goes up to the second rope and nails a flying neckbreaker. Anderson covers, but again, only gets two. Mox kicks Anderson in the stomach and goes for the paradigm shift, but Anderson counters and shoots Moxley off the ropes. Mox comes in with a discus forearm, but then out of nowhere, Anderson hits the gun stunt. It's like a cutter. I don't know. (laughs) Yep, that's all it is. Mox rolls away, and remember when the cutter was the best thing in the world because DDP did it? And now everybody does a cutter all the time, and no one cares. Yep. <laughs> to the point where we have to jump off things and do cutters now. Randy Orton's like, I can still hit the fucking RKO, and you motherfuckers pop every time. <laughs> um, It's like the super kick. When Michaels hits it, it still means something. Well, actually, I don't know about, like, now. But, you know, for a long time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, but Mox rolls away, and there is no pinfall attempt. Both men struggle to their feet, but it's Moxley who charges in and hits Anderson with a clothesline in the corner. Mox attempts this again, but this time Anderson catches him uh, with the gun stun, and this time it's in the middle of the ring. He covers, but Mox easily kicks out. Like, that wasn't even close. Anderson goes up to the top rope. He leaps, but Mox catches him coming in with a boot to the midsection. Well, at least I think that's what that was supposed to happen. Instead, the timing is off, and Mox just kind of catches him, but also Anderson slips down to the canvas. So Mox pulls him up, hits a ripcord clothesline, then hits the paradigm shift for the win. They fucked up that ending sequence, didn't they? Mm. Whatever. Uh, I wrote, I'm honestly surprised the title didn't change hands. I'm also surprised at how much I enjoyed that match. Okay. You now, now last week you said that if it just ended with uh, a paradigm shift, you would be mad. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Well, I guess what happens next is it kind of doused a little of my anger flame. Um. But for what it's worth, I thought this was mostly like a brawling match mm-hmm. with a lot of no selling, and it's just eh, it was all right for me. It was just a high for me, man. It was just a high. Okay, I enjoyed it. All right, which is not something I usually say about a Carl Anderson match. I enjoyed the crowds, but maybe because it was just a singles match. Not, like I said, maybe it was just because it was a singles match, and Luke Gallows got taken the fuck out of the picture right at the beginning and never came back. And so, so did Eddie Kingston. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was fine. Um, so th- it kind of like was like, okay, yeah, why didn't they do the title change? But then, you know, we'll get there. By the way, they have defended, at this point, what is it, eight different titles on Dynamite in its history? Yeah. And only three of them or four of them actually belong with the company? <laughs> It's true, the NWA women's title, the mm-hmm. AAA championship got defended one time on Dynamite. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The FT fucking W title, mm-hmm. and um, and the New Japan US belt, the IWGP US title. And then you have the world title, the tag title, the TNT title, so and the women's title. So it's, yeah, it's so eight it's fucking it's titles. 
It's fitty fitty. Yeah, but that's weird. You are a new company, <laughs> and you were defending eight titles in on your show. No, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like this is like everybody gets a belt. You get a belt, and you get a belt. So I'll just you just need to relax, take a deep breath, and just open your forbidden door. <laughs> I'm all set with that. After the match, we run down the card, beginning with the main event, a coffin match between Darby Allen and Ethan Page. Also tonight, Sammy Guevara will take on Wheeler, Utah? No. Whoever the fuck that is. It's not pronounced like the state, Sal. You know. But I didn't care how you pronounce it. That's what I wrote it down as. You pain in the ass. Uh, Christian Cage takes on Matt Hardy. How hard is it to say Yuda? It's just Yuda. Got it. Wheeler Yoda. Christian Cage takes on Matt Hardy. Penelope Ford takes on Yuka Saka Akazaki. That's <laughs> what my auto what it autocorrected to. And Tony Schiavone will talk to Hangman Page. Uh, we go backstage where Jake Roberts is yelling at Lance Archer about something. I don't know what the fuck Jake was saying. I don't think he does either. Uh, but Archer cuts him off and reminds everyone that Mox just retained the IWGP United States Championship against Carl Anderson. Goldfish. You want to try that again? <laughs> he retained the IWGP United States Championship against Carl Anderson. There you go. Tuck the lozenge in your cheek next time. It is. Uh, a title title that Mox won by beating Archer himself way, way back in 2020. But in January 2020, when the world was normal, er, (laughs) Archer says it's time for... Remember, kids? Archer says it's time for his rematch. He also forgot that belt existed, apparently. And says the original match that they had at Wrestle Kingdom was a Texas death match. And it's only fitting that next week in Dallas, they do it one more time. And of course they do it for the IWGP United States Championship. Mm -hmm. So that caveat makes me think, okay, he's going to lose it to Archer. Which is fine because Archer probably would do better. Here's what I wrote. Then he has an EW. Here's what I wrote. Uh, Lol, the strap hanging from the trailer wall looks like a penis. (laughs) Uh, And then I said, okay, I'm cool with the title changing hands next week, too, but based on history, I'm going to say it doesn't happen. If it doesn't, I'm done with the IWGP US title while it's in this company. (laughs) Because Lance Archer and title matches in AEW, they are not friends. No. No, but Lance Archer and title matches in New Japan are friends. They're actually pretty good friends. This isn't New Japan. It's a New Japan title. This isn't New Japan, so. It's a New Japan belt. And it's under New Japan rules, don't you know? (laughs) With fucking Paul Turner. All right. Uh, Archer finishes by saying next week one of us is going to leave champion and the other one is not going to be standing. I'm like, eh, that's kind of a weak ending. But up next, the FTW Championship is on the line. Brian Cage defends against Ricky Starks. Up next. Back from break, and before we get to our next match, 
We go to an earlier Today clip where Alex Abrantes in his 1950s news reporter hat is with Andrade <laughs> El Idolo. What the fuck was that hat? He was trying to dress fancy for El for, for Idolo. I guess, if, if you're from the fucking <laughs> yeah, flapper error. Like. Yeah, a little trilby on. Um, Alex says he knows that Andrade has to- Tony Khan's permission to kick down the forbidden door. Where are we going with this? And challenge for titles anywhere in the world. Your next Impact World Champion? Uh, Alex tries to ask Andrade. No, that, ma- that match with Kenny Omega in, in fucking Mexico. I know. Alex tries to ask Andrade a question, but Andrade asks Alex a question of his own. Andrade wants to know, where's the death triangle? He tells Alex to deliver a message that he's looking for them. I laughed out loud when his little personal assistant started lint rolling his shoulder in the middle of the thing. He's like, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. (laughs) That personal assistant's going to have, like, a role with him, huh? Explain this to me, though. Mm-hmm. Alex Abrantes tells Andrade, or at least informs us that Andrade has been told by Tony Khan, that he has the ability to challenge for any championship in the world. Yeah. And Andrade goes, nah, I just want to find the Death Triangle. Well. Granted. That is, um, that is the question. Why would he do that, right? Here's the thing. Everybody else in AEW has backup. So if Andrade were to get backup, could he then use that backup? Because since we're talking about the AAA Mega Championship, um, those three people don't exactly like Kenny Omega. So maybe the Death Triangle would help Omega uh, help Andrade win that title. You're saying he's not trying to fight the Death Triangle. No. He's trying to hire the Death Triangle. Yes. And it would okay. make sense. It would make sense. Interesting. Especially to watch his back against the Elite. Okay. Enter Ricky Starks, who breaks his necklace on the way to the ring. Fitting, given that he broke his fucking neck. Uh, Hobbs and Hook are already at ringside. Taz is on commentary. Cage enters, and the nameplate makes sure to tell us this is the fourth title defense for Cage in 377 days. Right. Troy made this point in the host thread. Uh, four, fourth title defense. Two on Dark, and now with this one, two on Dynamite. One of them against Brandon fuck Cutler. So, you know, this is a real fucking title, folks. Well, to be honest, yeah. um, it's probably the most times one person has defended the FTW title. <laughs> I, I think Taz and Sabu, Sabu exchanged it once, and then it was, like, never heard from again. <laughs> Bell rings, and we slowly circle. The crowd chants for Ricky, I think, as JR mentions Ricky's serious neck injury. Speaking of which, I feel uncomfortable watching this match. Off the ropes as Excalibur introduces the all-elite crate, and Cage fucks up a hip toss and would need the back of the head. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. So, you know, people are going to debate the seriousness of Stocks' original injury, right? 
I'm sh- the stands are going to say it wasn't really that hurt. The the other side is going to say uh, he, he's out there wrestling with a broken freaking neck. But the the thing is, we all saw the bump, right? Yeah, um, yeah I was not comfortable watching this match. I'm like, he in that mm-hmm. first move, the hip toss. I'm like, oh good, Brian Cage is going to fucking just cripple him. It's going to be para- <laughs> It's going to fucking draws him, that's, and that that's great. It's going to happen on live TV. One, that's one way to retain your title. <laughs> K. Cage sends Starks from corner to corner, then kicks him in the gut and hurts his pee-pee on the, on the top rope. A power slam gets a two-count for Cage. Cage avoids a charge. Ricky starts working on the left arm. Ricky off the second rope with a drop kick, and we go to box. We come back for a two-count for Starks. Uh, off the ropes, and Starks gets shoulder blocked to the floor, as Excalibur calls the FTW title a renegade title not officially recognized by AEW. Then why the fuck is there an FTW title match on Dynamite? like when they have unsanctioned matches on pay-per-view. It's like, if it was unsanctioned, you wouldn't be airing it. Outside the ring, Starks avoids crashing into the ring post by baseball sliding around it, and he nails Cage with a clothesline. He rolls Cage back into the ring, then tries a sleeper, but Cage slams him into the buckles. Cage wants a German, but Starks blocks it. The pump handle face buster is not blocked, but Starks gets his foot under the bottom rope to break the pin at two. Cage tosses Starks off of the Tornado DDT and hits a thrust kick for two. Starks manages to powerbomb Cage for a two-count. That was a hell of a spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starks goes for the title. <laughs> Starks goes for the title, but Hobbs rips it away from him. Starks looks pissed, gets F5'd, and kicks out of two. Uh, Cage wants something. Hooks, hook takes Remsburg. Stark ducks a clothesline. Hobbs clocks Cage with the belt, and Starks spears Cage and covers him for three to become your new fake champion i mean so aren't they all fake champions <laughs> it didn't quite play yeah but this one's especially fake because excalibur said it was fucking fake earlier in the match i know uh, i know i'm just kidding so it didn't quite play out the way we thought it was going to what do you mean and that it was in in that it was just going to be team taz beating the shit out of brian cage no ricky stark's an idiot and actually had a match and and hopefully he's not <laughs> fucking paralyzed tomorrow morning but oh but we did get uh, Team Taz causing the loss. There was no, there was no real beatdown, though. No, but the result remains the same. Team Taz turned on Brian Cage. They cost him the match, and then Taz was shown celebrating with Ricky Starks and the rest of Team Taz. So, see, I wrote Tiny Taz hollers into the camera. <laughs> he looked so small in that. Also, I had no idea I what he was saying hear, because the music. Also, was couldn't playing. hear what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah that 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 camera mic was not live. Uh, and we go to commentary. Uh, Excalibur takes us back to the debut of Malachi Black last week. Before, Tony says Arn before, will be... before we talk about Malachi Black. Um, okay, we gotta we gotta break down Starks and Cage's character at this point. I think it works for Starks that he's a heel. He's the new centerpiece of Team Taz. But Starks has a lot of charisma, and the crowd was chanting for him. Many times. The crowd the crowd was behind Starks in the match, for sure. So, Which... we, we had talked a while ago about baby faces in AEW and how Hangman's, like, the only true one that people actually, like, everyone likes. Um, and I kind of had hope for Brian Cage, because he can do a lot of cool moves. Can't cut a promo. <laughs> but, um, dude, that reaction made me think of Ryback. <laughs> like I'm like, oh sure. shit! Sure, this babyface fucking run is over before it starts. 
What are you doing? Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, Malachi Black. Uh, Tony says Arnold be okay. And Cody appears out of nowhere in an all-white suit with a gold tie. Also, Excalibur uh, he- mentions that Malachi Black has posted a very cryptic and disturbing video in his social media, and then they don't show us the video. Yep. Go back and uh, check Co- out. Go back and seek out the video. It was actually kind of cool. <laughs> Cody grabs the headset and yells at Malachi like he's trying to punish a small child. That's what we don't do. Okay. Oh, what? Uh, oh, um, what exactly did he say that they don't do? They don't. You don't kick a sixty-year-old in the face. Since That's when? What you don't do. Since <laughs> when? <laughs> We've kicked Sting in the face. We've kicked Tully in the face. Um, we've kicked, we've kicked Dustin in the face. face. Dustin's not sixty, but he's he, you know he's Dean Malenko got elbowed. Dean Malenko got yeah. elbowed. Yeah, since when we don't kick a fucking sixty-year-old in the face? <laughs> Conan got piled driven. Um, fucking apparently- somebody get physical with Tyson too? Jericho. But did they fight? Like, did they exchange fists? I don't remember. Or did they just get separated? Uh, Tyson punched Cash, but that was it. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, da, 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 da. Apparently, hijacking commentary isn't enough as he demands a microphone. You know Sadly, what? I'm, given one. You know what? I'm going to make sure everyone hears this. <laughs> Sadly, he is given one because he's in charge, and also this segment needs to move to the ring. He then challenges Malachi to a fight. Malachi appears on the screen from a smoky room somewhere. Original. Malachi tells a story. Malachi tells a story about a man who killed a horse. Also original. Um. Oh, oh, I have to. I have to put this out there in the universe. The story he told was, you know, this guy loved his horse. He was the best horse. He won. He won all these races. And but then the horse didn't have it anymore. So the guy took him out behind the barn and shot him. That's the Dang same. This- Gave him his favorite snacky poo and then put a towel over his head. Yeah. Do you remember the Ric Flair if you lose? Twenty first September. No, Ric Flair if you lose your ne- the next time you lose you're, you're you're done your career's over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When he got to Triple H right before Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, um, Triple H cut this promo. That if you know he cut the exact same promo, but he did it like better because it was like. You know, 07 Triple H. Um, putting him out the pasture. Yeah, putting him out the pasture. Do you know how many times I've heard this fucking promo in wrestling? I think they've <laughs> said this promo about Terry Funk. I think they've said it like... Or anytime there's a K-T. horseman, it's always like we take the K-T. horse out behind the barn and shoot him. KT says, Malachi really took that see a man about a horse line and ran with it. <laughs> and it's just fucking crazy. First uh, of all, and Malachi Black becomes the first person to... To cut the worst version of this promo. It's like, there was this guy, he had a horse, he really loved the horse. <laughs> Malachi Black is good for walking? If he was, it would be a much better promo. <laughs> oh, look, he loved his horse. <laughs> so much him. that he shot him in the face. Until he had to shoot him in the face. <laughs> um... So Cody's dressed all in white, Malachi's dressed all in black. I'm not smart enough to tell you if there's any symbolism that in that or anything, but uh, if this was a video podcast, we could put in a clip of WrestleMania 25 here just for the complete ironic effect. Anyway, 
Malachi tells Cody that when he looked into his eyes last week, he just didn't see it. So Cody screams for him to come take another look, which really is just like a gay rom-com. This is, this is a gay meat cute. Is Come look in my eyes. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, by the way, I don't know what it is. I, I swear to God, I'm not doing this on purpose. It's just what I my first thoughts when I when I watch these Cody segments. When his father used to get mad in character, it worked. Like, you felt that Dusty was mad. When <laughs> Cody gets mad, it's like a guy trying to be mad on camera, and you can tell Again, he has no acting classes. When he was when he started this on commentary, he was like, it, it sounded like he was scolding a toddler. It did. But then when he tried to yell, and he was like, why don't you come down here and look at my eyes? I was like, Pfft. Also, Stop. I saw a video online with a, with a guy named Malachi and a guy named Cody, but it was completely different. Anyway, oh, completely. Um, Malachi says he was hoping Cody would say that because he's really cute. He <laughs> likes them. They're going to go to the movies. And then everything goes black. When the lights come back up, wouldn't you know it, Malachi Black has teleported into the ring. I'm so glad that once that now that we're in front of fans again, we're, we're teleporting. Yeah, but did he really teleport. have to bring the lantern with him? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> They slug it out until referees and officials come out for the pull-apart. We go to break in the middle of the pull-apart. And when we come back from break, the pull-apart is over. This segment was a mess for me. And, it and really it's and not really because... like I'm not saying that they fucked up Malachi Black or anything like that. I'm just saying for what they were trying to do, it did not work. And you know he's going to lose to Cody the next week. I'm not going to talk or about that until the, it happens. Whenever they fight. <laughs> I'm just saying, as far as the build goes right now, it it step one was bad. Minus five stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, the whole thing, uh, the whole fucking thing was a... It's because this relied too heavily on Cody talking. Sure. Because obviously, Alistair Black can't really cut a promo unless it's some scripted dark magic bullshit. And speaking of which, cutting a promo from a dark room with smoke, and then teleporting. Like, this is what you wanted to do in AEW? You could do anything. You could have fucking came in as the ice cream man, but you wanted to do exactly what you were doing on SmackDown. Oh, great. <laughs> Mind you, his fucking video on Twitter makes him look like a deranged psychopath, and we didn't see any of that here. We just saw magic tricks again. But he was wearing glasses. Oh, fancy. Uh, when, when we return, Excalibur tells us we've barely restored order. When's the and oil start dripping from his head? And Alex Marvez is with Tully. Alex asks Tully about the cheap shot he took on Conan last week. Tully says it wasn't a cheap shot. Conan had a blackjack. It was a mad ball, but you're close. They somehow managed to walk right into where Exlax is hanging out. I'd say this was a setup. Alex Marvez was in on it. This is a conspiracy. Santana uh, calls Tully a smartass for walking around by himself when he's got such a big target on his back. Ortiz grabs Tully by the arms, and Santana almost hits him with a crowbar before revealing that it's plastic. They leave him on the floor and holler, Get your boys! Tully says he'll get his boys. And we go back to the ring. Astro knows this. When I make that face, it, it, it's not a good sign because it's it's <laughs> it's frustration at what should be a fun night of wrestling. 
Um, South face palm for everybody listening at home. What? Why do we even do it if the crowbar's fake? You can do the the segment with a real crowbar if you're not going to hit him. You know what I mean? You just threaten to hit him, but it, don't worry, old man, it's fake. Why are you carrying around a fake crowbar? <laughs> just to make an old man piss his pants. They can do that without a crowbar. They can they can just pick him up and put him against the wall, and he'll probably piss his pants. <sighs> Uh, my bladder ain't what it used to be, boys. I hate it. I hate KT it. says, so Malachi Black has proven in two weeks that the gimmick isn't working. You could almost say it's broken. Tony Schiavone is in the ring to talk to Hangman Adam Page. Page says that since day one, he said he wanted to be AEW World Champion. He came so close he could smell it, but then he just realized that was Jericho's awful perfume. Uh, he tried to run. He tried to hide, but the Dark Order is right. He needs that title. He attempts to challenge Kenny for the title, but Don Callis interrupts him. Boo! <laughs> Don, Don comes out, flanked by the entire crew, minus Carl Anderson, who's still dead from the paradigm shift earlier, and empty Nakazawa, but who gives a shit? Flanked by the entire crew, or most of them, but also not front and center as the world champ. He's kind of like casually off to the side, not looking Hangman in the eye. <laughs> Uh, they, 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 they tell Adam Page that he's not that guy uh, Matt Jackson hits the ring to remind Page that he abandoned them they they kicked him out of the Elite Remember? no he quit Dang the Elite right. no he wanted to quit the Elite he wanted to quit the Elite forever and then the Young Bucks caught him drinking to the bar and kicked him out and he oh that's true. that's true that's true yeah. Matt suggests that Hangman's been drinking Calls him wrestling's next great tragedy. Ouch. Then suggests, then suggests that Paige doesn't have the balls to hit him. And he hit him! <laughs> so, so Paige hits him. He Kenny clocked him one in, good, too. I popped. <laughs> Kenny sneaks into the ring to hit Paige from behind with a title in the Dark Order run down to make the save. Paige makes the challenge, almost demanding a title match tonight. Kenny accepts, but for a five-on-five -five elimination match, Dark Order versus Elite. Page says that it's not the match he wanted, but if that's what he has to do, that's what they'll do. And when the Dark Order wins, Page gets his world title shot, and the Dark Order get a tag title shot. Kenny balks, but agrees. He gets in the ring to speak to Adam face-to-face. -face. Kenny has a suggestion, because right now, the Elite don't get anything out of this exchange. Kenny says if the Elite win, then none of them get title shots, seemingly ever. It wasn't specified, but that's what it sounded like. Uh, Kenny tries to play off uh, Cage, uh, Cage Page's fear of failure. Uh, Page screams in his face that he's on. I assume that's next week? We're not uh, told. We're never told, and the the one problem <laughs> I had with this was that Hangman was like, I want to fight tonight, and I think you should fight tonight, too. And neither of them fought tonight. <laughs> so... Again, they may, they sound like they don't know what the word tonight means, but that's okay. Um, also, Kenny going with that famous AEW rundown slogan, Top Knot for the Boys. Saw that. Saw his little fucking Top Knot there. Um, I did love the line of, you're the typical sad, lonely, drunk cowboy. Um... <laughs> But I, Wayne Newton song? <laughs> but I do have questions because, yeah, it was a little confusing. Is it a separate match with, I'm assuming, Uno and Grayson versus the Bucks? Or Silver and Reynolds versus the Bucks? No. 
It's gotta be Uno. Yeah, they didn't they didn't specify which uh, which members of the Dark Order would get the tag title shot. Just five the Dark and ten would get a tag title shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, um, we're promised. What'd you think of this? I, I mean, I thought it was good right. that we got you know uh, some interaction between Kenny and, and Hangman, and it, it seemed personal. I liked the personal aspect of it. I said that before. I enjoy, I yeah, I enjoyed this, and uh, again, they, they didn't mention it in the matches for next week, which we'll talk about later. Um, That's my only thing is so they kept guessing, everything very I'm vague guessing, about when stuff is going to happen. Though. But well, remember last week we talked about how Don Callis very specifically said that there was no challenger for Fight for the Fallen, right? So it looks like this is Fight for the Fallen, and this is how we'll get Paige versus Kenny. For yeah. all out, that's just fine. Which I, I said yeah. that I said do some type of gimmick match, but fucking Callus made it sound like no, Kenny has to defend the title. So I mean that that's why I was confused. But if we get a five on five at Fighter Fest, I'm fine with that. Fight for the fallen. Fight for the fallen. Who's um who's the five or who's the four people backing up Hangman? If Silver's cleared, I would say it's. It's Uno, Grayson, Stuno, and Stuno, and the and Reynolds and Silver. Huh. What if he picked um, Ten and Colt? And the only reason I can I say that is because what if right? Oh, what if Silver's yeah, not? Be, what if Silver's not cleared? Then I would say Colt. Would, Colt would definitely be on there. I would say Colt might actually end up being on there anyway. Uh, it could be Colt and Ten. It's going to be negative one. No. Five. No. Anna J. But um <laughs> No, you can't you can't have there's no point in having Alex Reynolds in there unless Silva's there. If Silva can't go, then you just leave Reynolds to the side. Yeah. Uh, no, that makes that doesn't make more sense than anything I think about it. But if he can go, if this is his big like return match, then yeah, I want to see Silva in there. Yeah. Um although <sighs> they if they make it elimination you got to do the thing where the Dark Order um, are down to just Hangman versus, like, Kenny in the box, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I give, I give less I give less than a shit of, of how long fucking LG and, I assume, Carl Anderson stay in the match. Yeah. That's true. That's Let fair. them get eliminated first and quickly. <laughs> uh, we're promised Christian and Hardy after the break. When we return... Alex Marvez is with is with Chris Jericho. Uh, Alex asks Chris about these stipulations Max laid out last week. Jericho says MJF is a well-educated man, so he's not surprised. Jericho says this will play out just like Hercules' labors did, where Hercules came out on top. Jericho says he'll do whatever it takes to get to Max because he wants to ruin Max's life the way Max tried to ruin his at Blood and Guts. Oh, we're still stuck on that, are we? Sean Spears then appears out of nowhere and shoves the edge of a chair into Jericho's throat. Is it bad that I laughed at that? Nope, that like, was great. Like, really uh, laughed at that. <laughs> MJF appears behind Spears, tells Jericho that the, his first labor is next week against Sean Spears. Sean can use a chair, Jericho cannot. Told you, Spears I drives. told you it was going week to week. Thank thank God. You're like, no, we're going to have a dynamite full of Jericho matches. I'm like, do you I, think that fat fuck can wrestle for two hours? <laughs> I didn't say I wanted that. I said that's how it sounded when MJF presented the idea. Dude, he can barely last five minutes in the ring with fucking uh, Wardlow, which that should be fun. <laughs> Cause, ugh. 
But yeah, we get uh, Spears and Jericho with Spears being able to use a chair. Uh, Spears drives the chair into Jericho's bad arm, and we go to the ring. I was fine with that. <laughs> Is it? Oh my God, I want to see Spears win, but I know it's not going to happen. Nope, no chance. But you know what? If he gets DQ'd and they break his arm, I'm fine with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's Zundite. All right. Match number three, Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Matt Hardy makes his way to the stage with Private Party and Helico, but they give him daps, and then they let Hardy go to the ring alone. <gasps> Shocking. Where's Jack Evans? Mm -hmm. They forgot him in fucking Florida. As Christian makes his way to the ring, Excalibur gives us a history, le a history lesson on the rivalry. Uh, that's right, folks. This is like when Undertaker fought Triple H, but only in 2018 in Australia when they were both washed up and Please Don't Die took on a whole new meaning. Christian and Hardy began what they call an elbow tie-up. They hold the collar and elbow tie-up for a number of minutes without letting go, and they spill out to, to the outside of the ring. Because they're so fucking evenly matched, you see. Uh, finally, Christian gets the advantage with a side headlock. They continue to tussle and brawl on the outside until Christian sends Matt into the barricade and then leaps off the top turnbuckle to Matt Hardy on the outside with what I call the Flying Canadian. It wasn't a cross body because he didn't cross. He just jumped off the top turnbuckle and just went straight down on top of Kenny. Flying Canadian. Kenny? Oh. <sighs> Hardy. See, I'm I I want Christian versus Kenny Omega. See, so subliminally, that's what that's much what much rather would have had that. Uh, Christian drags Hardy back in the ring and hits the reverse DDT for a two count. Nice. Christian backs Hardy. Mm. Sorry, if I can take a moment, you may have to edit this out of the podcast. Thank you for that raid game, Mark's Pot. Welcome in. We're uh, doing an AEW rundown. We're in the middle of dynamite right now. Yeah, I'm not editing shit. Christian backs Yay! Hardy into the corner. And Free plug for Game Marks Pop. <laughs> and just slaps him three times in the face before getting on the second rope and hitting the mounted punches ten times. Hardy struggles to the apron. Christian goes to get him, but Hardy catches him coming in and drags Christian headfirst onto the apron and then DDTs him on the stairs. With Christian still laid out on the apron... Hardy delivers two elbows to the face and then chokes Christian against the bottom rope. Was that when they had to say that he, he may not have gotten all of it because Christian got his hands up? Yes. Okay. Hardy gets Christian back in the ring and hits a nice neck breaker. He covers, and this gets a two count. Hardy then continues to punish Christian and slingshots him neck first into the second rope. Hardy follows up with a second rope elbow drop, and that gets two count as we go to box. Yay. Back from box, and Hardy goes for another second rope elbow drop, but this takes too much time because he's taunting, and Christian grabs Hardy's foot and yanks him down to the canvas. Christian does Christian things. Fill in your blank here. But to clarify, it means he stands on Hardy's back while Hardy is laying neck first on the bottom rope and then leaps over the top to the floor just to turn around and uppercut Hardy in the face. Sean's favorite move. Yeah. Uh, Christian goes to the second rope and hits the flying Judas effect on Matt Hardy, and this gets a two count. 
Christian goes for the kill switch, but Hardy reverses and goes for the twist of fate. But Christian powers out and tosses Hardy down to the canvas. Christian wants the spear, but Hardy avoids him and throws him into the turnbuckle. But Christian puts on the brakes before hitting the turnbuckle and spears Hardy anyway. However, the edge spear only gets another two count. Hardy, t- uh, let's see here. Hardy drags Christian to the apron. No, Hardy tries to run and escape to the apron, but Christian meets him there. Um, Christian grabs Hardy by the hair and yanks, the, yanks him down across the top rope. Christian then goes up top and hits a huge frog splash. Christian covers, but Hardy kicks out again. It's a good frog splash. It is a good. It was a good frog splash. Christian set uh, sets up for a tornado DDT in the corner, but Hardy fights out. Uh, this exchange uh, leads to both of them fighting on, on the top turnbuckle, uh, and then Hardy hits a superplex. Hardy crawls over to make the cover, but because it takes so long, Christian kicks out. You only have that one that one arm across the chest. Yep. Both men struggle to their feet where Christian gets a small package, but Hardy kicks out of that. <clears throat> Christian wants the kill switch again, but <laughs> Don't don't talk about Christian's package like that. <laughs> Christian wants the kill switch again, but with Paul Turner's view obstructed, Hardy mule kicks Christian in the nuts. Shocking. Hardy hits the twist of fate and goes for the cover, but somehow, some way <gasps> Christian kicks out. What? Did you bite? Did you think That's that was the finish? Finishing, Did you think that was the finish? Given the ball kick, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. Same. Christian rolls to the outside and Hardy follows Christian and locks in the leech. That's that fucking submission. That's that move he used last week. <laughs> Hardy holds it in for a few seconds and then gets back in the ring. Paul Turner gets to nine, and by God, it's a miracle! A miracle shoots through Christian's soul, and he slides into the ring just before the ten count. I like how he was dead until Completely nine, dead. and then just got Not up and was moving. like, Whoop. <laughs> I gotta tell you, this match is something straight out of 2003. Hardy goes for another twist of fate, but Christian reverses and hits the kill switch for the win. Yay. I wrote, I wrote stupid finish. Your thoughts on the I match? Hated, I I hated the finish to this match. Okay, this here's dumb. I had an issue with the match itself. Yeah, it wasn't a bad match, but I've seen this match. This you, I'm not kidding you. You pick any match from SmackDown uh, with these two or Raw with these two back in the 2000s, and it, I guarantee it's the same fucking match. Hey, T says match of the night because of the storytelling, match quality, stakes. None of these. Match of the night because fuck Matt Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. That is fair. Um, After the match, the Hardy Party try to jump Christian. Uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy slide in the ring and they make the save. Luchasaurus then lifts Christian onto his shoulders like what he usually does for Jungle Boy. It is at this point that I realize, oh, Christian's Christian's pants say cage, not edge. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you, but Jungle Boy looked kind of annoyed. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Jungle Boy was, uh, why, why are we setting up a Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy feud? Maybe Christian, you know, 
actually see something the kid and wants to put him over. You think Christian will drop out to Jungle Boy? I can see it happen. It's going to take a lot to get there to make it believable, I'll tell you that. And a Jungle Boy heel turn is not what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. Don't do that. Don't fucking do that. I'm sure that he's, he's actually a, a, a baby face that's over with the we fans the, and I'm sure loved by the girls, so don't do that. We get, we get the new Jurassic Express because remember, Christian's one quarter Stegosaurus on his mom's side or whatever the fuck it was that he said a couple few weeks ago. But if Christian joins, it will be the new Geriatric Express. Geriatric Express. <laughs> All right. From there, let's go to a pre-tape from Mira. He's rich. He's got a hot wife. He left his safe house to go out into the world to be who he truly is, who is exactly who he was five years ago. Oh, and the TNT Championship was his reward, and I wrote, the belt now has a white strap. I don't hate it. It's got more than a white strap, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Christian sees something in Jungle Boy. The rest of us see Jungle Boy in Anna J. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I wouldn't be against it. Right. Um, it does appear that they get a that they get a, a TNT Russia in Bulgaria, um, so that checks out. It's not this TNT. Uh, it's but it's a channel called TNT, so still counts, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mira declares himself the Redeemer, and we go back to the ring. Shivani's in the ring and introduces Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Big pop from the crowd for the good doctor, and Britt comes down to the ring alone. But she's not a draw. Hey, New Jersey, we're coming to you this week with AEW, but unfortunately, no Kenny, no Bucks, no Hangman. But you get Britt Baker, will you still buy tickets? No? Anyone? She gets in the ring and hugs Tony. A little bit weird. I wonder how Tony's wife feels about all this stuff. Tony recaps Nyla putting Britt through a table, and Britt says she's been through worse, and she's the baddest bitch on the planet. No, I thought that was someone else. I was. I wrote. She calls herself the baddest bitch around. So she'll be, she'll be taking on Jade then. <laughs> she says Nile is the top of the food chain, but Brit is off the menu. And for some reason, the crowd's like, "Oh!" And I'm like, "Uh." uh. <laughs> so what? She's the secret menu at In and Out. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't care much for that. Um, I need a Brit Baker animal style. Wow. Britt says Vicky's last name will keep her relevant, but her client, not so much. Britt explains Nyla needs the title to stay relevant. And she says she doesn't. Whether she has the title or not, she'll just be the hottest thing in professional wrestling. I understand I've watched wrestling for a lot of years. Do you have any idea how many people have called themselves the hottest thing in professional wrestling today. Daddy. Do you have any idea Jack. how many times I've heard people say that? <sighs> uh, what do you think of the Rip promo? Before we get to what happened next. It was alright, it was decent, it was good. Enjoyed it. That's fine. She's a great I baby. Why we're I don't know why we're going back to Nyla, but whatever. 
Yeah. Gives Britta win over a former champ. Who's not? Who's not? Um, she. <laughs> Uh, Brit's music plays and the crowd cheers, and then we cut backstage to Vicky and Nyla watching on a flat screen. Problem is, the audio is still playing, so we have people cheering for Brit and Brit Baker's music, and Vicky tries to cut a promo. Vicky and Nyla try to cut a promo, but I can't fucking hear it, and it's pretty generic, so it's forgettable, and I don't write anything down. Vicky's promo was fucking awful. Something about fucking as, uh, her days are numbered. Also, also apparently it's pretty muggy in Texas based on that hair. <sighs> it was very, it was very poofy. Uh, yeah. I, do you think they did that on purpose so that we didn't have to hear Vicky and I? <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It was not great. Turn the ring volume up. Uh, <laughs> Let's go to John Moxley, who has an answer for Lance Archer. Uh, Mox says he is not the hunted. He is the hunter. Next week, Lance Archer will not only be Texas-born, Texas-bred. Next week, he'll be Texas-dead. Oh, shit! <laughs> you see that boy watch. down there, John Moxley? He done said he'd be Texas-dead! <laughs> Did I mention I love when you do voices? Uh, speaking of li- speaking of lines I've heard before. Oh, you heard that before? <laughs> I heard Chicago born, Chicago bred, Chicago's champ, but that was for CM Punk. Uh, no, I never heard Texas Dead in that line before. So, if you have, good for you. I'm sure you've watched a lot of Terry ter- ter- Funk matches. <laughs> Free. Can they have the match from the Double Cross Ranch next week? It's <laughs> still in business. All right. I'm not going to make a Terry Funk dementia joke. <sighs> when we return Thank from break not. to the ring, to the ring comes Wheeler, Utah, Sal. Utah. I put Dave Navarro. <laughs> <laughs> and I broke Adam. God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, accompanied by Chucky T and Orange Cassidy. <laughs> We get a Goldman Box replay of the finish of last week's mixed tag, then Utah's two victories on Bark, Bunny, and Blader in the crowd, and here comes Sammy Guevara. Why is this match happening? Oh, Sammy's from Texas. Sorry, Utah, your winning streak just ended. The bell I didn't rings even and they know lock- Sammy was from Texas. <laughs> or I didn't even remember that. I just realized that now. Go ahead. The bell rings and they lock up. Utah takes the head, gets sent off the ropes, and gets a shoulder block. Back and forth we go. Sammy hits a drop kick. He kips up. Utah hits the floor. Springboard backflip into the pose, and we're back where we started. Utah picks the ankle. Back and forth we go again. Sammy takes the waist, but gets elbowed in the face. Uh, Utah charges and gets slammed. Sammy hits a triple jump moonsault, or I guess a double jump moonsault into a standing shooting star, but it's still just a two count. Uh, Sammy goes back up top. He tries a shooting star, but Yuta gets the knees up. Yuta with an elbow in the corner. The whip is reversed, but Yuta comes out of the corner with a drop kick. Yuta takes the waist, eats an elbow, then an arm drag. Another elbow sends him out of the ring, but he quickly returns and hits a suplex off the top of the big splash, and that's a one. <laughs> Fuck we you, slug kid. It out. <laughs> we slug it out in the middle of the ring. Irish whip from Sammy uh, into a back body drop. Classic. Sammy hits an enziguri in the corner, then a springboard cutter, a GTH, and that's the end of that Sammy poses in the corner gives you a thumbs up and we go to earlier today why well, I oh. 
Why? Oh, I, I got you. You want to know my note on this match? Sure. The minute the entrances happened, I wrote, also, Sammy needs a win on Dynamite. Got it. Sammy needs to show off in front of his hometown crowd. Well, that too. Uh, K2 I didn't says, know that part. K2 <laughs> says, do you think they did that so we didn't have to hear the Vicky promo? This would be the most babyface thing in the whole program. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't... I, I'm, I'm wondering if this wasn't a Sammy request. Maybe. Maybe he like, maybe he because, knows the kid. Because these two these two guys have that very similar style and, and seem to work very well with each other. And, and they went back and forth. This was like 50-50, so... This was not a fl- this was not flippy dippy shit that uh, that annoyed me for the most part. This was a uh, this, this was fast paced acrobatics, but I didn't hate it. So. It was it was okay. I, I it was kind of pointless to me. I enjoyed it because I enjoy Sammy Guevara, but <laughs> KT Sammy needs to bump up those wins for the rankings. Yeah, and not only that, but if you're gonna have a Sammy Guevara match, can we do the six thirty? I mean, it's kind of like the point, right? Like <laughs> right. All right, we go to earlier today. Tony's with the factory. Tony says QT had a ter- tremendous performance in the strap match, and QT's an asshole. Uh, QT pours a protein shake over Tony's head, and we're done. That was stupid and pointless and See, terrible. I get, I get these things like Hangman and Kenny, or or I get a, a match like Mox and Anderson, or or even. Um, you know, like a little back and forth here with Sammy and and, the, and this uh, Wheeler, Utah guy, but um, then I get this, this garbage waste of time that I would rather them sell T-shirts than have QT Marshall pour uh, something over Tony Schiavone's head. Like how fucking pointless was this? It was so stupid. It literally brings down the whole quality of the show. It didn't. It didn't accomplish anything. It didn't mean anything. I was gonna say, and, f- and to what purpose? He's gonna fight Shivani? Like, <laughs> what are you oh, gonna no. hit me, Tony? Like, is that gonna be a thing? Because that can that can fuck off right to dark. Breaking news: QT Marshall is a douchebag. Like, QT Marshall versus Tony Shivani. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> See. See, KT says, speaking of babyface, QT pours a protein shake on Tony. No. No, it was fucking point. If you're going to pour it on one of the announcers, do it on Jim Ross. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Remember when like fucking... He let, like he let them wreck a hat. I was going to say, remember when Heenan swore Nitro that one time? Yeah. That's what, <laughs> what would happen. What are you doing? That's what would happen if, if he did that to Jim Ross. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> Uh, what in a Sam Hell? Oh, he would be fucking. He would, remember that time he got drafted to SmackDown. <laughs> he would walk off and never come back. Do it, and then show up in New Japan. Um, match number five: Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki. I, uh, I I channeled I channeled Troy when I wrote my little capture my my little title for this segment. Where I wrote Ford versus uh, Yuka Saki Fucky. Um, so. I was so happy that we got Guevara versus a jobber and Ford versus Yuka in the final, you know, 10 minutes before the main event. Because that you meant were... I didn't have to recap the main event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thrilled. I was so tired of fucking typing. Um, okay, so that being said, 
my notes and effort for this match are subpar at best. So, the usual. A pointless women's match right before the main event? No. Yes. No. Yes. A dynamite. Yes. The hell you, the hell you say, sir. <laughs> Yuka runs to the ring with a big smile on her face. What is she, Yuka Sailor Saka's, Moon? Yuka Sakazaki comes out, and JR immediately announces her height and weight. She's 5'2", 109 pounds. <laughs> and then, even better, they find a random Asian woman in the crowd and cut to her. What the shit? Oh, there's one! Like, what the... What the fuck? <sighs> What's even worse is that fan was from two years ago. Um... <laughs> Archival footage. <laughs> and it was from Nitro. <laughs> Alright. We begin with a little back and forth, and Yuka goes to the top rope, cartwheels off of it, and then goes off the ropes and hits a drop kick to Penelope. The fucking crowd cheers like she just did a 630. Yeah. Uh, Penelope rolls up tight to try to recover. She sells over to the opposite side of the ring, which allows Yuka to jump off the second rope and hit a flipping senton. Yeah. Hmm. Yuka tosses Ford back in the ring, and Penelope kicks out. Ford kicks Yuka in the kneecap and then chokes her against the second rope. And then because we are 20 minutes from the main event and this is a women's match, let's go to Half Fox. <laughs> Back from commercial and Ford and Yuka exchange forearms. Oh, here we go again. You can... <laughs> this one didn't go on as long. Was that the gay boo game? Yep. <clears throat> where, where Penelope... Hit the elbow and then just waited and waited and waited yep. for the elbow to come back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, back from commercial and... Oh, yeah, I said that. Okay. So Yuka lifts um, Penelope up in, like, a suplex and then... Oh, you sleepy buddy? Acts like... No, my eye hurts. And then acts like she doesn't have her. And then, like, deadlifts her, which was kind of cool, but also was kind of scary. Like, please don't <laughs> drop her on her neck. Oh, by the way, Yuka Sakazaki hits the suplex. Excalibur says Brainbuster. He does that. He always does that. Is his view obstructed? Can he not see when they hit the mask? It's quite possible. He's uh, wearing a mask. <laughs> it's true. Um, Got a fucking play-by-play announcer. Who cannot tell the difference between a vertical suplex and a brain buster? Yuka hits a Gaiman Gary, followed by a sliding D for a two count. Insert joke here. Hey, Yuka, Yuka, Yuka covers, but Penelope kicks out. Uh, Yuka hits a diving back elbow from the second rope, and this gets another two count. Ford fights back with two straight pump kicks. She covers, but now it's Yuka's turn to kick out. Sakazaki applies a hammerlock on Ford and then lifts her onto her shoulder, spins her a few times before finally face-planting her. I wrote, what the fuck was that airplane spin? It was like a hammerlock into an airplane spin into an X-Factor? It was fucking weird. It was weird. Next, uh, Yuka goes for the middle rope and hits a shaky, shaky magical girl splash for the win. (laughs) Not the middle rope, the middle of the top rope, excuse me. 
Wrong choice. Wrong choice. What'd you think was going to... You thought fucking Penelope was going to beat Yuka Sakazaki? Should have. Yuka Sakazaki is your next fucking women's world champion. <laughs> I hope not. Please, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm also scared that they're going to do that. Next week at Fighter Fest Night 2, Britt Baker will defend the AEW Women's World Championship against the number one contender, Nyla Rose. And Chris Jericho takes on Sean Spears in a match where Sean Spears can use a chair and Jericho cannot. Also, AEW general manager Tony Khan has announced next week that Cassidy will take on the Blade. Tony Khan's the general manager now. Is he going to get a nameplate that says GM when he walks out? We're getting there. I think we're getting there. And John Moxley, Lance Archer, Texas Deathmatch for the IWGP US title. What do you think of next week's card? We'll do that later. Got um, it. Also, Yuka's, Yuka's theme song was playing while they were doing this, because then they kind of went back to it for some reason afterwards, and her theme song is terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Not at all. Uh, we get a quick commercial for AEW Rampage, and then go to uh, normal commercials. Uh, Jungle Boy going full Triple H in the Rampage promo. Yes. What the fuck does less distraction, more action mean? Live sex celebration? See, I think that would be more distraction. <laughs> it's true. Maybe this maybe. is all matches and no talking, I swear. <laughs> all right, back when to- we return from break, JR throws it to Justin Roberts, who should have been suspended. For the main event announcements, standard casket match rules here, except it's a coffin. Uh, they even have druids bring the coffin out. The druids just forgot to wear their robes. Uh, enter I, Ethan Page You by spelled himself. extras wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like the coffin was pretty heavy as those fellows were carrying it to ringside. Wouldn't it just be a shock of all shocks if Flake Sting were inside? Mm. Darby skateboards down the ramp. His chest tattoo is on the coffin lid. Darby just charges straight at Page and beats the hell out of him. Under his coat, he's got a hoodie. Cut. Oh, he's cut all to hell. And under that, a steel plate on his back. Thank you, Cardboard. He comes off the ropes with a springboard coffin drop, sending the steel plate into Paige's face. Then he immediately takes it off, and they never use it again. I don't like the way you're saying steel plate. You have to say steel plate. (laughs) Uh, They hit the floor. Darby goes for the coffin, and I picked the wrong partner. Scorpio Sky is in the coffin, not Sting. Scorpio sends Darby into the steps, and that brings out Darby's dad, who beats the (gasps) ever-loving hell out of Scorpio. It's... Said somebody 30 years ago. Uh, Sting may or may not have hit a stinger splash against the hockey boards, but we'll never know because taking a cue from the 2020 Royal Rumble, we didn't fucking see it. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I joke, but Texas really was like, oh my God, look at Sting. I totally didn't expect this. Sting crotches Scorpio on the hockey boards as Ethan appears to be unscrewing a turnbuckle. Darby hurls Ethan into the crowd and we go to box. When we return, Paige throws Darby back into the ring. We get a replay of what happened during break. Darby tried to go full Jeff Hardy off of Vomitorium, but got caught and smashed into the railings. 
Page drops Darby face first onto the ring steps. He brought into the ring and he smiles for the hard cam. Darby kicks Page off and goes up top. He dives into a shoulder block and Page takes the turnbuckle he removed. He puts the hook of the buckle into the chain around Darby's neck and uses it to whiplash him to the mat. Well, Ouch. first, oh, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Page demands that the coffin be opened and Darby hits him in the face with the turnbuckle. He then very loosely fish hooks Page's cheek with the hook. Yeah, did not look good. Did you? No. So he puts the. I'm sure it looked good for the crowd, right? But the problem is that the camera zoomed in, and, and he wasn't even pulling on. No, it. not at all. So it's just in his mouth. Yeah. Before that, is that when um, Paige gave the gave the hook a kiss? Mm, or was that later? I don't have a note on that. I don't remember that happening. So. I, I think it was right right before Darby ripped it out of his hand. So Paige picks up the fucking turnbuckle hook and he and he gives it a kiss. And I wrote, Adam is so jealous that Ethan got to kiss the hook. Erase the word the. Anyway. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to, to, to quote Sean, Hook is too, too attractive to be Tez's son. <laughs> um, where the fuck was I? There it is. Darby knocks Paige into the coffin by dropkicking the stairs into him. Paige pulls Darby into the coffin where they slug it out. Paige with a stiff slap to Darby, then another, then a third. Darby then bites Paige's finger. Darby gets back dropped out of the coffin onto the floor, and Ethan Page is bleeding from the face. Back in the ring, Paige puts Darby on his shoulders and walks up the stairs. Darby drops out and hits a chop block, then a stun dog. He wants to coffin drop Paige onto the stairs, but Paige catches him and Egos edges him off the buckles onto the steps. The steel plate that makes the top flat portion of the stairs is now bent from that impact. Mm-hmm. Ouchie. Wowie. Uh, Paige lifts Darby up, but Darby digs his fingers into Paige's eyes. We got a real good, a real nice close up on that. That looks good. Darby dives the skateboard into Paige's spine, which sends him tumbling into the coffin, and Darby shuts the lid. Is it me? Would that feel kind of anticlimactic as the finish? Extremely. Okay. Wonder why. Darby celebrates his victory, then adjusts the coffin so he can coffin drop onto it from the top rope, which is fucking stupid. Uh, especially because once the lid was crashed through, you could see that Ethan Page had squished himself up against one side of the coffin as much as humanly possible to avoid the blow. Uh, that happened. That, that you know, us seeing Ethan Page, you know, trying to squish in one corner, that, that wasn't my biggest issue here. My biggest issue was not just this spot, but a couple other spots during this match. I have never in my entire wrestling fandom, seen somebody who is so fucking jealous of Mick Foley that, he, <laughs> that he's literally going to try to kill himself in the ring just to try to be remembered uh, in the same breath. Like, I watched... Sorry, go ahead. I watched lots of people fuck themselves up in wrestling, okay? Mick Foley, Sabu, um, even Van Dam to a point. I've never seen somebody try to break their own neck as well, much as Darby. Van, Van Dam is more like, I'm so fucked up. <laughs> um, Astro says, that was the finish. That was fast. That was the finish. A fucking skateboard at the back. That was the finish. Also, did you notice when Paige came down to the ring, he like charged out to the ring, they cut his music and immediately started Darby's? Like they were short on time? Of course they are. They're always short on time on Dynamite. <sighs> That's why this match was so... 
Why? What? What went wrong? They even cut away from the fucking pull apart brawl. Like, what went so long that they had to fucking rush through this match? You had to give that. You had to give all that time to Yuka Sakazawa. I didn't mind the match. The the finish. It was all right. The finish, like you said, was like, oh, that's it. And then oh, okay. the after the match was like, really, dude? Oh my god, Darby's so fucking crazy, man. Yeah, I already saw him do it to a Cracker Barrel. Right. Yeah. And then I was waiting. I was like, oh, is anything else going to happen? Oh, no. He busted through that eighth-inch plywood. Anyway. The plywood exploded. Uh, hey, at least it wasn't cardboard this time. <laughs> All right. So, as you mentioned, next week they've announced four matches for uh, Fighter Fest Night 2, uh, which does not seem like it's going to live up to Fighter Fest night one. Uh, we've got uh, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose for the Women's Championship. Yeah. That, is an, that is an appropriate reaction. Uh, Jericho versus Spears. Spears can use a chair. Jericho can't. Next. Uh, Cassidy versus Blade. Okay. Sure. And the Texas Death Match for the IWGP United States Championship, which is really the only Texas Death Match. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, that's really the only thing I'm looking forward to next week. Yes, and I hope the, it lasts a half an matches hour. That are announced, and I hope those two beat the fuck out of each other, and I hope Lance Archer wins. Uh, yeah, <sighs> maybe Kingston yeah. will turn on Mox. No, no, so they. Can I would like you again. I, <laughs> I would like to see Lance Archer finally win a title match in AEW. So. You don't say. <laughs> see, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right. Um, oh, by the way, um, I, I know you said four matches, but the fucking Jericho versus Spears match is a foregone conclusion. Sure is. <laughs> what the fuck? Matt, point. this 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 episode right now has an eight point three nine on Cage Match. Wait, can't we yeah. get fucking FTR versus uh, Santana Ortiz next week? Like that would be good, right? He's gonna bring his boys. Maybe it's an 16, maybe it's an impromptu match. Sixteen tens, twenty eight nines, fourteen eights, fourteen sevens. Okay, that's a bit much. Yeah, a little bit. I I, I picked apart this this um this dynamite episode. And it was, uh, there was a lot of things that they get negative points for. The fucking Shivani thing with QT Marshall. Uh, Cody and, and, and Malachi Black. Um, Yuka Sakazaki. Like, this was not a perfect episode of Dynamite. Was it fun to have live think, fans back? Sure. Do you think we get Cody and Black next week? No. <laughs> they, push, they push that out to fight for the following? Of course. If not fucking all out. Like... That, that we're not getting that anytime soon. <laughs> um, and not only that, if we're, if we're going to get it, you have to promote it. So there's no way that a Cody match gets announced on Twitter on Monday or something. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I don't know. Fightful phone looks... <laughs> Again, that Texas death match should be a fucking barn burner, but... That's about it, really, so far. Yeah, I mean, that's like... Let's see what happens. Well, didn't Tony say he was talking to someone? Hold on. I wrote it in my fucking notes, I thought. Well, uh, what would you say was your match of the night? For tonight? 
it was it was a toss up between Mox and and Machine Gun and Christian Matt Hardy, which I am so sorry that I'm saying that, but it's true. <laughs> I'm I'm also leaning uh the the United States title match. Yeah. That match was fun. Fucking, fucking Christian versus Hardy was the longest match on the show. Yeah. But and see, my okay. Almost thirteen minutes. Here's my issue with Christian versus Hardy. By the way, last last week you said Yuka Sakazaki versus Penelope Ford would go three minutes. It went seven and a half. Why? <laughs> we could have added those four minutes to the main event. Right. And made it not seem like a rush job with a very sudden finish. Yeah. Anyway. Um, also, so. <laughs> Astros, does he put Matt Hardy in the top? The world is ending. No, I mean, no, here's the thing. And I'm glad you reminded me of that. Thank you, Astro. Because I was going to make a point about that. Here's my problem. The match was good. Of course it's going to be fucking good. These guys have worked together 600 times. So... <laughs> You know, it was a lot less botchy than fucking Cage and Starks. That's a guarantee. Um, and yeah, it had back and forth. It was a 50-50 match. It was fine. Was it anything I'm going to remember? No, it was like all their other matches they've had. <laughs> it's a lot of diminishing returns. It's just like when fucking Orton used to fight Cena. The more we see it, the more <laughs> it's like, eh. What else you got? All right, moving on to the news this week. Uh, where do we want to start here? Uh, all right, we'll start here. Uh, as uh, you had mentioned, Miro unveiled a new version of the TNT Championship on last night's Dynamite, which features a white strap, uh, some green in the in the plates. Uh, belts by Dan, who constructed the belt, revealed some of the technical aspects in a Twitter post, saying, quote, stacked plates, dual plating, hand-dremeled nugget texture." I just wanted to include that part just for the phrase hand dremeled nugget texturing. Um, cut out sidebars. Yay. Uh, meanwhile, Twitter user Maggie IK uh, at Maggie underscore IK explained how the belt is significant to the history of Bulgaria, which is the country that they both come from. Uh, she wrote, quote, Miro is basically wearing the Bulgarian flag. The white strap represents the spirit and freedom. Uh, she wrote, it's up to you to figure out what he broke free from. I'm not making any assumptions here uh the green represents the beautiful bulgarian mountains which the which outlined the, his ambition to climb to the top of the aew mountain i can only assume he'll continue wearing the red gear the red represents the blood our ancestors spilled defending our country i see this as the blood he's willing to spill crushing his enemies as he's made perfectly clear in his promo last night on dynamite and finally the side plates the city of plovdiv coat of arms his hometown and mine it says something in cyrillic ancient and eternal uh, Plovdiv is Europe's oldest city and it will never fall. The two lions are holding a crown over seven hills. Plovdiv is built on seven hills. Uh, I can absolutely understand if you guys don't like the new design, but I'm greatly biased here and seeing my hometown's logo on an AEW belt fills me with pride and hope that maybe the best is yet to come. I've not been having the best time lately and it's got me all emotional. I hope they know just how much this means to me. I'm forever in love with the hidden gem that is Bulgaria. It's just the people that suck. Thank you. Unquote. So, <laughs> Astro wants to know why you have packing tape. Um, so it's the belt is uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind I don't mind the new belt. 
uh, I, I think it's weird. Uh, it's a, it's a bit much that seemingly every TNT champion, except for Brody, gets a custom belt now. Uh, no, Darby finally got got the one with the black strap when they gave the red strap one to to Brody Jr. Um, and now Rusev has this uh, Bulgarian flag one. Um, but it's I, I like I like that there is a reason behind it. And I like that it has this this backstory and this uh, this 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 meaning. Um, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, I like it better than uh, I did when I first saw it because I didn't know, you know, all, all the history behind it. Um, and and I'm really glad that that he's super over in Bulgaria. <laughs> he's from Bulgaria. I know, I know. That doesn't always translate. I just did a fucking podcast about the where the um, fabulous French, not fabulous French Canadians, the fabulous Rougeaus were on the show, and uh, their own fucking hometown don't like them. So they they don't like heavy metal. They don't like rock and roll. The only thing they listen to is Barry Manilow. <laughs> uh, it was reported last week that Brian Pillman Jr. had finished up his run with MLW and would be working for AEW full time. Now, Fightful Select reports that Pillman has officially signed a new deal with the company. Meanwhile, it was also noted that Pillman's tag team partner, Griff Garrison, had also signed a full-time contract with AEW. Uh, the signings were said to be expected by most people in the company and were considered a foregone conclusion. One of the higher-ups said that they wanted to do their best to match up with full-time deals in regards to dates. Pillman and Garrison had previously been on tiered contracts, uh, so they are now officially all elite, so good for them. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Brian Pillman Jr., so... Sure. Uh, you know he's got a long way to go, but he's getting he, he's he's doing good, and I and I think he's got untapped potential. I think he can be um, go from being good to pretty good, and who knows? Who knows? But <laughs> that's such a ringing endorsement. I, he's, I mean, he's good. I guess he could be pretty good someday. Well, I'm not going to sit here and be a stand and be like, he's going to be great, because I don't know that. I don't know if he's going to be great. Um, but he's definitely got fucking potential. So good to see that he signed. Also, I didn't know that he was still technically under contract to MLW. So there you go. Uh, Matt and Rebby Hardy have officially added to their family, with Rebby giving birth to the couple's first daughter, the couple revealed to Us Weekly that their daughter, Evie, spelt like the Pokemon, uh, was born on Sunday in an outdoor birth. Evie is their fourth child following Maxel, Wolfgang, and 19-month-old Bartholomew. Uh, one has a normal name. Uh, e- Bartholomew. Evie. Evie, which is apparently a nickname for ever. Would you consider Bartholomew the normal name? Yes. Gotcha. Even even that's kind of like Wolfgang. Wolfgang is an act is an actual name. Yes. Fucking Mozart, but it's not a normal name now. Well, you say that, but um, Bartholomew J. Simpson Hardy. Wolfen Wolfgang um, Van Halen is is was is the late Eddie Van Halen's son, and he's like our age. (laughs) Wolfgang Puck. Oh god. <laughs> Wolf Wolfgang in NXT UK. See? Uh, so congrats to the Hardys. Now fucking use protection for fuck's sake. Maybe they uh, like the Duggars and they're gonna have twenty kids. <laughs> maybe they don't know what causes it. Oh god. 
right, last thing I have. Uh, Trent has provided an update on his recovery. After undergoing neck fusion surgery last month, the AEW star announced at the end of the month that he underwent the surgery to treat spinal stenosis. He discussed how he's feeling in an interview with Stephanie Chase. It was released this week. Quote, it's been like two weeks and I feel great, but I know that in between my vertebrae, like I, I like don't have bones or anything, unquote, Trent said. Uh, quote, it's just kind of du- it's kind of just dust waiting to grow into bone. It doesn't feel like anything, but it's going to be a while before I come back. Surgery wise, it was way easier than I expect- expected. I feel good. Uh, there is currently no timetable for exactly when he'll be able to return. He last wrestled uh, on April 21st against Penta. Uh, so glad to hear that the surgery went well. Glad to hear that Trent is feeling well uh, and that, uh, that that you know he feels uh, okay about everything that's going on. And uh, wish him a uh, a safe but speedy recovery, and hopefully uh, he'll come back soon. Um, I'm actually a little bit on the opposite end of that, but for the right reasons. Because um, this is a very severe injury. So take all the time you need. Get to 100%. <laughs> like, don't rush back, because this is one of those injuries I that could easily get aggravated again. I said recovery. I know, but you said speedy. But I would. I think... Look, safe and speedy. Safe and speedy. There you go. Um, That's what I said. Well, because you can, you you know, wrestlers would if they have their if they had their way, they're gonna rush it back. And I I think that this what, dude, what, like, given his saying, age, are you saying if they had their druthers? Yes. Jeff, we miss you. Trent's not twenty five years old anymore. So, dude, this is one of those injuries that maybe it takes a full fucking year. Like. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. So, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll have Will or Utah in the interim. Mm. Anyway. That's all I got. So, you got anything? Uh, I was going to sneak in and, and look at something on NoDQ and be like, yes, I got something. But then I was like, nah, I'm too lazy. <laughs> That's true. You called it. Uh, that wraps up week 90 of the AEW Rundown. As always, be safe, stay sane, be kind. Uh, I will see. Sal, will I see you next Saturday? Did you get your tickets? No. <laughs> well, I hope you watch on Fight. Uh, APW Summer... Uh, what the fuck is it called? Summer Dream. Summer of That's Love. Oh, Summer Dream. Summer Dream. Make me feel fine. APW Summer Dream live from the Elks Lodge in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Um, can't uh, If you can't come in person, watch us on Fight. Just 10 bucks. It's a great time. Um, and yeah, Lucky Pro's not running again until September, so that's all I got. I wish you all uh, the best, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace out, bitches. Not a stanger.
You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.